Let's pray together. Father, we are so blessed, Lord, to be together in this place, Lord. And we believe that you're going to talk to us, Lord, as you have been talking, Lord, since we started this service, Lord, since we came to this place, Father. And I pray that you can minister to my brothers and sisters' heart, Lord. Speak to them, Lord. Bless their lives, Lord. Help them to understand, Lord, who you are, Lord. A loving God, a good God, Father. And thank you very much, Lord, for being in this place, Lord. And I pray for you to send your angels, Lord, to, Lord, be around us, Lord, protecting us, Lord, our mind, our hearts, Lord, because we want to keep this word in our lives, Lord, and we want to live according to your word, Father. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 Today, the, the preaching is called, God is good, he is a good God. Let's say together, God is good, and he is a good God. Amen. Do you believe that God is good? Amen. And uh, this is one of the characters of God. But... Uh, who is God? Now I'm asking one question to you. Who is God for you? What does he look like when you pray to him? Is he far away? Is he mad at you because maybe you, you did something wrong? Is he unfair because he never answered your petitions? Or he's loving, kind? Usually, our vision of God is linked to our image of our earthly father. If your father was good, kind man, it will be easy for you to see God as good and merciful. But if you never had a father, or if maybe your father was absent, violent, you probably see God as a distant person that doesn't care about you. When we start walking with God, we tend to hold on on the image of our earthly father. And I know myself that it takes time for us to disassociate this understanding and see God as he really is. My father wasn't so good guy. He was a drunk man. Sometimes he didn't provide everything for us and our family. And then when I become a believer, God for me was far away. I tried to relate to him, but I could not feel his love for me. Because my father, he never used to like, show so much love to me. Then I, I had to learn in the word. And that's why I want to share with you this preaching. Because sometimes we, we start praying to God, but it looks like God is so far away. It's because it's like you are re, re, sorry, wearing, wearing a glass. Like a, I have this glass and he's a very good glass. I can see everything perfect. But if I go and, and do some cooking, then it's the, the glass become a mess. 
and then it's hard to see things properly because it's dirty. Then I have to wash. Then I try to see things and then it's not very clear because my vision is not clear. And my question to you today is, how are you seeing, how are you seeing God? How is your vision of God? Is it still linked with your earthly father? Do you see God far away from you? Because he's not. He's good. He's close. But sometimes we see him far away because we, our vision is a little bit messy. And we need to clear it. Amen? And I hope today your vision is going to be clear. I hope today you're going to be able to see God with a better vision. As I read the Bible, as I start studying it, going deeper, I start understanding who is God. Bible stories are real. They are not just bedtime stories. Our great things on the Bibles actually did happen. Many things that happen in, in Sorry, not many. All the things that happen in the Bible are true. It's not bad story, bad time story. They are true. For example, God called Abraham for him to start a nation. And this nation today is called Israel. This nation still exists. Despite of all the persecution that the Jews went through, the Holocaust, and all the attempts to destroy them. If you doubt God's existence, look to this nation and all they suffered and persevered. The nation of Israel is a testimony of God's existence. If you look to that nation, you can see that God is real. Because that people could not be living there again. Have you ever heard about a nation that was uh, uh, split to different nations and then came back to their own land and built a country like Israel is today? Have you ever heard about a nation like that? No. But Israel is alive because God exist because God is real. Amen. And our God is real and he has a plan for each one of us. In fact, we are all part of his master plan. And did you know that God wants to establish a kingdom here on this earth? Did you know that? This is written on his and on his word. You can read in the book of Revelation. One day Jesus will return and he will reign here for a thousand years and he, his headquarters will be in Jerusalem Amen. because our God, our King Jesus, he's Jew and he will reign from there and he will bring peace. The peace that we are praying for will come when he will reign here. Amen. And you and I, we are part of this wonderful plan. God is preparing you to, to reign with him. We are called sons and daughters of God. We are co-heirs of God. Let's read together. Let's just read with me Romans 8, 16 and 17. 
it says, The Spirit himself testify with our spirit, spirit that we are God's children. Say with me, I'm God's children. I'm God's children. Amen. Now, if you are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his suffering in order that we may also share in his glory. Amen? Maybe now you are suffering, but there is glory in the future. Hallelujah. We need to understand who our God is. He doesn't want to torture you. He's not bad or crazy. He's love, fair, sovereign, and good. Amen? And has he... And as he has everything under control, everything is in God's hand and he is in control of everything. When you learn who he really is, it becomes easy to you to submit under his authority. Life becomes calmer and tranquil because you know that he is in control and you can relax like Brother Lucian said to us. Why Jesus relaxed in the middle of the storm? Why? Because he knew that God was with him. Everything was in God's hand. You don't need to be like a, a desperate because there is something not going the way you planned. Because God knows, he knows the end of the story. God is sovereign under our lives and under history. And our job is to trust and obey him, to walk according to his law and obey him because we are his children. And as a good father, he has the best for us. Amen. Sometimes it's hard to accept his will, but did you know that everything that happens in our lives can help shape us into the person God wants us to become? Yes. I'm going to repeat this phrase. Everything that happened in our lives can help shape us into the person God wants us to become. Amen. We need to understand that he is working on our lives all the time. And I want to share today one historical fact that is written in the Bible. It happens before Jesus' time. In those days, the nation of Israel was divided in two. There was ten tribes in the north called Israel, and there was two tribes in the south called Judah. All right? And in that time, that the, the story I'm going to share with you, there was a very powerful nation that was controlling everyone around it was the, the people of the Assyrians. Assyria was like taking over all the region. Like they took the, the part of Asia and the Middle East. They were controlling everything. And they want to take over of Israel also and Judah. And unfortunately, they take Israel. And, uh, and then after they want to take Judah also. And uh, this story you can find in 2 Chronicles 32 and 2 Kings 18 and 19 and also in Isaiah 36 and 37. 
it's a it's a wonderful testimony how God protected uh, the nation of Judah. And just for you to to know, like because you see, this story is repeated three times in the Bible. And sometimes, if you see something in the Bible that happens to be written three times, you see, like for example, the miracle of the multiplication of bread, or someone that was healed by Jesus, and then you see it three times, like in Matthew, for example, Luke's and Mark. You think, why they are repeating this? Do you know why? If I see something that is very important, I'm going to tell this many, many, many times because I want you, everybody to know about that. And if God allowed them to write three times in the Bible, it's because he wants to say, hello, this is very important, pay attention. Don't think they, it's written just, oh, it was a mistake. Why these people repeating and repeating this, the same fact in the Bible? This is not a mistake. This is why God wants to call your attention. Pay attention, there is something important here. And we're going to have a look in, in this story. Um, the king in this story is called Hezekiah. He was just in the eyes of the Lord, the Bible says in 2 King 18.3. He removed idolatry from Judah. I'm going to summarize the story because if I read all the, these three uh, parts, we're going to take two hours to finish today. But I'm going to tell you parts and then we're going to read some bits. But just for you to know, King Hezekiah, he was just in the eyes of the Lord. He removed idolatry from Judah. He reestablished the worship in the temple after his father had stopped it. Before him, his father was a crazy guy. He didn't worship the Lord. Nobody was going to the temple to worship the Lord. They were uh, sacrifice, uh, doing sacrifice of children to Moloch, a, a, a god from other nations. They were doing crazy things. And then when Hezekiah took over, he cleaned everything. He bring back people to the, the presence of the Lord. And uh, like there was like a revival. And they, they start reading the Bible again, the, in that time, the Old Testament. And uh, he was a man of prayer. But he faced a lot of struggles in his time. Because the Assyrians were a powerful and strong nation. And they wanted all people around them to be their slaves. So Hezekiah, do you think, what do you think he did? He rebelled against Assyria. He said, I'm not going to be their slaves. He said, I'm not going to pay any tax to them because they used to charge a lot of tax. He said, I'm not going to pay tax and I'm not going to surrender to this nation. But the price to not surrender to the enemy sometimes can be very high. We know ourselves as a follower of Jesus. We say no to, to the enemy and sometimes there is persecution. Something can happen against us, but we need to be always following God. Amen? And sometimes we question God, why are you allowing this to happen to me? Because, for example, 
Ezekiah, he was faithful to God. He was following God. He was obeying God. But then the Assyrians came against him. And sometimes the same can happen with us. Why? I'm serving God, I'm obeying God, and then I'm being persecuted. Something is going wrong with me. And I'm being faithful, and suddenly I'm sick, or my father died, or a friend of me is suffering. Are you not a good God? Maybe you question, why God? Things are not going well. You need to understand one thing. God is good. And he has everything under his control. Also, we have an enemy. And Satan wants to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants us to doubt in God's love and God's word. He like, like he did with King Hezekiah. God's plans are higher than ours. But we have an enemy that is trying to make us doubt, make us feel like uh, God forget about us. But let's go and read some of the story of King Hezekiah. It's in second, now we're going to read Second Chronicles 32, 1 to 8. Be with me, okay? After all that Hezekiah had so faithfully done, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came and invaded Judah. He laid siege to the fortified cities, thinking, thinking to conquer them for himself. When Hezekiah saw that Sennacherib had come and that he intended to wage war against Jerusalem, he consulted his officials and military staff about blocking off the water from the springs outside of the city, and they helped him. They gathered a large group of people who blocked all the springs and the streams that flowed through the land. Why should the kings of Assyria come and find plenty of water? Then he worked hard repairing all the broken sections of the wall and building towers on it. He built another wall outside that one and re reinforced the terrace of the seat of David. He also made large numbers of weapons and shields. Verse 6. He pointed military officers over the people and assembled them before him in the square of the city gate. And... Sorry, and encourage them with those words. Listen that, verse 7. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of the king of Assyria and the vast army with him, for there is a greater power with us than with him. With him is only the arm, arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles and the people gain confidence from what Hezekiah the king of Judah said Amen, Amen. they were like this Sennacherib the king of Syria he wants to control everything and he wants to take over the nation of Judah also and then they have to do something to protect them, themselves. And also when we are being attacked, 
by our enemy, that is Satan, we need to protect ourselves. How, you can, pro how can you protect yourself? The Bible said for us to wear the armor of God. It's in Ephesians 6. I'm not going there to explain about that, but this is how you protect yourself. Is the with your character. You have to, to, to wear the helmet of salvation. You have to, to be faithful. You have to be courageous. You have to say true. And you have to know how to, to use the sword of the, the, that's the sword of the spirit. That's the word of God. You have to study your Bible. You have to have character. Then you are protected against the enemy. Amen. Amen. We have to be prepared for the battle, but above all, we trust the Lord of hosts. Amen? This is our God, the God of the Lord of hosts, the Lord of armies. He is the one who is going to battle for us. The Assyrian king sent his officers to threat the people of Jerusalem, to accuse King Hezekiah, to bring fear over them. In this story, there was no war. I mean, no physical battle, but there was a, a war of words. Just for you to understand, they were, they, they, the threat came against the, the main city that was Jerusalem, the capital. The king lives there, and then they, they protected the city because they heard that the, the Sennacherib and the Assyrians were come, and they, they, they have walls around the town, and they have to reinforce the walls, no any gap, and they prepare to have water for themselves, they, they build a tunnel, if you go to Jerusalem today, you can see this tunnel is still there, the tunnel of Hezekiah is still there, and they brought water inside of the town, the, the city, but enemy doesn't care. He wants to, to put doubts in your heart. And you see here what's going to happen now. He, uh, we're going to read now Isaiah 36, 14 to 18. And Isaiah 36, 14 to 18. I just took one part. If you want to see all the threats, everything that they said, you go and read. I think you, it'll be worthy for you to read everything, but I'm going to give you just one bit. This is what the king says. This is the, the, like the officer from King Sennacherib, the Assyrian, saying things against Hezekiah and all the people from Jerusalem. Look what he said. Do not let Hezekiah deceive you. Because Hezekiah said, God is with you, with us. Remember? But then they say, do not let Hezekiah deceive you. You cannot, he cannot deliver you. Do not let Hezekiah persuade you to trust in the Lord. Wow. When he says, the Lord will surely deliver us. This seat will not be given into the hand of this seat will not be given the hands of the king of Assyria. Do not listen, Hezekiah. This is what the king of Assyria says. What he says. Make peace with me and come out to me. 
Then each of you will eat fruit from your own vine, vine and thick tree and drink water from your own cistern until I come and take you to the land like your own, a land of grain and new wine, a land of bread and vineyards. Hmm. Do not let Hezekiah mislead you when he says, the Lord will deliver, deliver us. Have the gods of any nations ever delivered their lands from the hand of the king of Assyria? He start, they start saying, look, we have been conquered, all those nations around you. And do you think you're going to survive? Do you think you're going to still alive? We're going to take you. Surrender to me. When we start listening and threats like that from the enemy, normally we have two options. You can surrender to the enemy and become his slave. But I tell you, believe me, this offer is, is in the beginning can look good, but he wants just to solve the problem in a quick way. In our story, he say, if you surrender, I will give houses and blah, blah, blah. I'm going to give you a lot of things. But all this is like propaganda. It's lies. Because sometimes Satan is going to tell you, look, if you follow me, everything is going to be okay. You're going to prosper. You're going to have a lot of money. All the, the love you want, everything you're going to have. But this, at the end, there is a if you follow him, there is a price. Don't trust him. Or when you, you are threatened by the enemy, you can surrender to God and allow him to battle for you. And surrender, my dear brothers and sisters, it's, it's the hardest part. Faith and trust walk very close. If you say you believe, I have faith. You have to trust. If you don't trust, your faith will not work. Yes. Two things work together. If you believe, you pray and you worship and you don't leave space for doubts. If you believe, no doubts. But you say, oh, pastor, but sometimes doubts come to my mind. Rebuke it. Don't listen to that. Bring back the promise that God gave to, your, to you and keep believing on that. Amen. Doubt will come, but you just say, okay, thank you for coming, but I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to stick with the word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Yes. God has been spoken so deeply in my heart in this past few weeks, this Bible verse. And that's why I prepared this word today. It's Isaiah 46, 4. I have been sharing this with the... Uh, 64, 4. Thanks. I have been sharing this with the women's and the prayer meetings. And I would you like to share with all of you. Since ancient times, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. Amen. 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 Let's read it together. 
since ancient times no one has heard no ear has perceived no eye has seen and God beside you who acts on behalf of those who wait for him we need to learn and remember God is good and if we trust if we have faith in him and wait on him he's gonna battle for us amen, amen. He is going to battle for us. Hezekiah trusted, and now people from, from Jerusalem as well. They humbled themselves, they sought God, they, and prayed, and God answered them. Because when we, we start to listen too many things, when we are going through a very hard situation, what we need to do? Don't desperate. Don't start crying and say, oh, God forgot about me. And then you run and say, no, no, no. Wait. Stop. Go back to the word of the Lord and seek him. Wait on him. But I know myself, wait is a very hard thing to do. Like our sister Susan, she had been in the hospital for so long. And we say, when is she going to go back? We want her back. But we wait, and God performed the miracle. Amen. Amen. And we need to understand sometimes it takes time. But we need to wait because he's working. Amen. Amen. Let's read now Isaiah 37. 1, then verse 5 to 7. When King Hezekiah heard this, the threat that I read to you, he tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and went into the temple of the Lord. This means that he humbled himself. He humbled himself. He said, God, I don't know how to do it. I need you. And sometimes this is what we need to do. In a very hard time in our lives, seek the Lord, humble ourselves. Verse 5, when King Hezekiah officials came to Isaiah, because he said, in that time there was a prophet, a man of God who seek the Lord, and they send a word to him. Isaiah, please seek the Lord and show us what we need to do. Ask God to show us what we need to do. And then verse 6 says, Isaiah said to them, Tell your master, the king, this is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid or what about what you have heard. Those words which, which, which the under, underlings of the king of Sears have blasphemed me. Listen, because he blasphemed against God, not against the king. He, he, he bought a fight with the king of kings. It wasn't a, a, a king, a, a god of some nation, but it was the king of the universe. And God said, let's see again verse 6. Tell your master, this is what the Lord says, do not be afraid of you have heard those words which, which the underlings of the king of Syria have blasphemed, blasphemed me. Listen, 
When he hears a certain report, I will make him want to return to his own country, and there I will have him cut down with the sword. God said, I will kill him. Don't worry, I'm taking care of you. After that, they, they, they came in front of the, the Jerusalem, they said all of that, but then they left. And then the people of Jerusalem said, wow, God saved us. But they had to left because there was a, another war going on and they have to go send the army to fight the war. But I think months later, they came again. And when they returned, they brought with them an army of 185,000 men. Guys, can you imagine an army of 805,000 men? It's like uh, nearly two times the population of Limerick. Two times the population of Limerick. It's a lot of people. Can you imagine your town surrendered by 108,000 people, 1,000 men, saying that you will die by starvation and no one will come to rescue you because they are invincible? You cannot go out, you cannot travel, you cannot uh, go and do your business. You have to be inside of the, the town and then food will not come anymore. They have some reserves of food, but they sometimes they, they say they are Syrians. They keep this siege for years until people start, start, start uh, uh, starve. As I said, it's in this moment like that when we have, ch we have to choose where we are going to set our minds, in our fears or in the word of the Lord. And this battle we face every day. And if we don't know who our God is, we, if we still comparing our, our God with our earthly father, and if your earthly father wasn't a good father, then you're gonna start thinking, he's going to leave me. He's not going to take care of me. I'm dead now. I will not survive this situation. But we need to remember who is our God. He is good. Amen? And as we build this relationship with Him, we trust on Him, then it's become easy to, to face this battle. But if your relationship with God is just a religious one, that you only seek Him for blessings, or you bargain with him when you need something. If you just exchange favors with God. If you bless me, God, I will do that. If you do that to me, I will do that to you, Lord. If your relationship with God is this way, when you face a battle, it's going to be very hard for you to overcome the situation. We need to know the God of Israel. He is a... He's a, our God, he's a father, and he's a faithful God. Amen? Yes. 
like some religious people, even not in this church, but and just for you to understand, there is a lot of people, they don't understand God because they think, if I light a candle, if I make a sacrifice, if I, I go upstairs on, on my knees, if I walk long distance, if I kill an animal because there is some religion they do that, God will bless me. This is not a way to, to have a relationship with God. This is just religion. God has more than that. The true religion is not that. It's a relationship with the king of the universe. We are his servants. He, we are co-heirs. And he has plans. God has plans. And we are called to serve him and to be part of his plans. We trust and we don't panic and surrender to the enemy. This is what we need to do because God is in control. Amen. Even though things is not going the way you 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 thought should go. Because he promised that he will never forsake us. Now I want you to read one promise that I think someone mentioned today in the the beginning of the service. Uh, Isaiah 43 43 1 and 2. This is one promise that we need to hold on. But now, oh Jacob, you can put your name here instead of Jacob. But now, say your name. But now, listen to the Lord who created you. Oh Israel, you can put your name again. The one who formed you says, do not be afraid for I have ransomed you. I have called you by my name. You are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, I will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. Amen. This is your God. Amen. A good God. Listen what happened in that day of the battle. In that day, God came and fought the battle for his people. Isaiah 37, 36. Uh, 36 and 37. That night, the angel of the Lord, look how they overcome the battle. And that night, the angel of the Lord went out to the Assyrians' camp and killed 185,000 men. When the surviving Assyrians woke up the next morning, they found corpus everywhere. Imagine the smell. Then King Sennacherib of Assyria broke camp. He went out and returned to his own land. He went home to his capital of Nineveh and stayed there. And if you keep reading, you're going to see that after a few months, her own son killed his own son. Thank you. Killed him. And then God solved the problem. Nobody went there with a sword and fight the battle. God fought the battle for, from them. Amen. Hallelujah. And God, he can fight your battles. Amen. You just need to trust him. Wait on him.
God's plans don't have to match our plans for them to still be good. Because sometimes we have, because King Hezekiah, he prepared the city, he bought, uh, he prepared the, the soldiers, he, pre he brought food inside, he was prepared to, for the siege to wait and wait and wait and maybe he will, God is going to give a, a way for them to kill all the soldiers. But God has sometimes a different way to battle for us. And we need to understand that God is in control. Whatever life circumstances throw at you, then seem unfair, unreasonable, or hurtful. Beyond that, you can bear. Let God whisper this truth that he is good. And he is good to you. And he is a good and being God. He is good at being God. He is good at being God. Amen. When you humiliate yourself, trust and seek his presence. He will fight for you because he is good. What are your battles you are being facing? Listen to his voice, my son, my daughter. I have good plans for you. God is saying to you, I'm going to fight this battle for you. Soon you will see my power and glory. Amen. Let's stand up. Listen. Surrender to God. Allow him to fight your battle. The only thing you need to do is trust. If he fought for Hezekiah, for David, even for Jesus, for Paul the Apostle, for me, for many of our brothers and sisters, he will fight for you. He will fight for you. Remember, God is sovereign under our lives and history. Our job is to trust and obey him, to walk according to his law and obey him because he, we are his children and he is a good father and he has the best for us. Sometimes it's hard to accept his will. But remember that everything that happened in our lives can help, can help shape us into the person God wants us to become. God has a plan for our lives. And sometimes the struggles, the fights, the problems that we face is just a way that God is using to shape you in a better, better person. To, to make you more near to Jesus to make you more like Jesus and we need to understand that his plans are more higher than ours sometimes we think oh God you need to help me now but God to, to want to wait because he wants to touch your life and people around you there is some people around you that need to see their, this testimony because as they see the, the testimony, as they see what's going on with you, they're going to understand that God is good. 
Sometimes he, he will not solve the problem quickly as you are waiting for because your story is going to be a testimony for many people. And we need to understand that. Let God whisper this truth that he is good. He is good to you. And he is good at being God. Let's say again together. God is good. He is good to you. And he is good at being God. Amen. Uh, I want you, all of us, to listen one song. This is song. It's like a prayer. It say, "May your struggles keep you near the cross, and may your troubles show that you need God, and may your battles in the way they should, and may your bad days prove that God is good, and may your whole life." Prove that God is good. Let's listen and you, you can follow and you can sing. Put higher, please. Show that you need God. Lord and everything in our lives is in your hands Lord our lives in your, in your hands Lord 
And forgive us, Lord, because sometimes we cannot see, Lord, your goodness, Lord. But sometimes we think that you are far away when we don't receive the answers of our prayers in the moment that we ask it for, Lord. But today we are here, Lord, to surrender our lives, Lord, and to recognize, Lord, that you are good and you are in control of everything in our lives, Lord. And I pray for all of us, Lord, for my brothers, for my sisters, Lord. Help us, Lord, to grow in our faith and our trust and not doubting you, Lord, when something happened with us, Lord, that is not the way we planned for, Lord. Help us, Lord, to trust in you, Lord, because you are in control, Lord, and you know the end of the story, Lord, and we are just your servants, Lord, and we want to build this relationship with you, Lord. Help us to know you every day, more and more, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I pray for all my brothers, Lord. Change their mindset, Lord. Help them to fall in love with you, Lord, and to understand that you are a good God, Lord, and you love them, Lord, and you care for them, Lord, and you always will protect them against the attacks of the enemy, Lord. Thank you very much, Father, for this wonderful time, Father. In the name of Jesus, we pray and we worship you. Amen. Amen. God bless you. And don't forget, God is good. Amen. And he's good at being God. Amen.